National Signing Day is tomorrow. And before we get that far, I want to take a look one more time at the Sun Devils' current recruiting class, their hard commits, and some potential rumors for the team on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Sunnels is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Locked On Sunnels podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sunnels. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. Remember, the podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. Wherever you're getting your podcast, though, hit like and subscribe and turn on notifications so you get an update when we post new content and stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Recruiting Day, or not Recruiting Day, National Signing Day is tomorrow, Wednesday, February 1st. There are some pretty big dominoes that have yet to fall. There are some well-known rumors that are flying around. And there's a handful of Sun Devils that have yet to officially sign with the team. That's what we're here to take a look at today is those remaining players. So first things first, I want to take a look at some of the some of the players that have yet to sign for Arizona State, what it means for the team. Right now, Arizona State has five more hard commits. They have quarterback Israel Carter. They have uh, defensive lineman Kyron Borda. They have linebacker K- uh, Kavion Thunderbird, running back Kyson Brown, and offensive lineman Sean Naa. I hope I pronounced that right. Sean, my apologies if I did not. Looking at these guys, four of these commits were very, very recent with uh, Ky- uh, Kyron Borda and Kavion Thunderbird and Sean Naa all within the last week or so. Sean, Sean Naa was uh, the 23rd, so eight days technically. You had Kyson Brown commit back at the end of October, and you had Israel Carter commit just about nine months ago. Carter is an interesting situation. That's where I want to start this conversation. Carter has been committed for quite some time. He did not sign his letter of intent back in December for one of the first national signing days. Now you look at the reason why he might not have. And there was a lot of quarterback movement for the Arizona State Sun Devils. You had Jacob Conover and Drew Pine transfer to the program. Trenton Borgay remained with the program. That's a lot of competition just from those three alone. Conover and Pine were four stars that came into the program. You have Borgay, who was the starting quarterback for the team, who is likely to have like an inside shot towards being one or not one of the starters being a starter. It's right now. It's, it feels like it's between him and drew pine. Jacob Conover is going to push as well. When you have all that competition that, that makes you feel as a recruit, like maybe you want to weigh your options and see what else could possibly go your way. However, Israel Carter never decommitted. He never decommitted from Arizona state. He has put on Twitter before that he's a man of his word and that he, 
is not interested in doing that. This was when Herm Edwards was fired and uh, you had, you had Antonio Pierce leave the program who was one of the guys who recruited Carter. There was all the sense in the world, all the understanding in the world that if he wanted to decommit from the program, that was a hundred percent a, a good decision on his part to be able to weigh his options and make sure that this was the right program. That's what Colin fight did is uh, decommit from the program only to eventually recommit to Arizona state. I got to talk to him. If you guys have not seen that interview, make sure you check it out. Super humble young man. Very excited for him moving forward. Prefers to be CJ fight. My apologies, CJ. Uh, you're the man. So with Israel Carter, it's completely understandable that he wants to make sure that this is the right team. But again, he never decommitted from the team. I anticipate he's still going to sign with the team. He will be the youngest quarterback on the roster, obviously, not just in terms of age, but in terms of being uh, like, like a true freshman. They'll have an opportunity to bring him along slowly. He could potentially play a larger role down the stretch. I don't know that he is a starter year one, but crazier things have happened. Looking at the rest of the class, again, you have three guys who committed very, very recently with a defensive lineman, a linebacker, and an interior offensive lineman. These are guys that are going to have an opportunity to get some playing time. You have uh, Kyron Vorta on the defensive line. He is a bigger man at 6'3", 285 pounds. That's really good news for the Sun Devils who are looking for some bodies on the defensive line. As an update on the Deshaun Mallory situation is there seems to be a grade transcript kind of issue with him. It's unknown if he's going to be able to make it to the Sun Devils at this time. Hopefully he is, but if he's not, then you're going to be looking at some of your younger guys. I know that Robbie Harrison is a redshirt freshman that they'll be hoping to get something out of him too. But Kyron Borda is going to have an opportunity to compete for starting time. I'm here for the competition. Uh, KV on Thunderbird. That's another guy I'm very, very interested in because the linebacker spot is going through a lot of transition. Travion Brown is transferring from Washington State. I anticipate he's going to be one of the starters. You have Will Schaefer, James Jonkum returning from last year that I also anticipate will be in big roles. But you lost both the Soli brothers, Connor to the portal, Kyle to eligibility, and Merlin Robinson to eligibility as well. It's a brand new group. Thunderbird will come in. He was a more highly thought of three-star recruit. And I think that, again, there's an opportunity that he'll be able to come into the program, compete, maybe push for some time. Sean Na or Na'a, again, I'm, I'm really sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, is a lighter guy right now at 275 pounds. Naturally, they're going to be able to be able to bulk him up and get him to uh, a more proper playing weight once you take that next step to the next level of your career. With him, I look at the interior of the offensive line, and I, I brought this up before. There's really only one solidified starter returning from last year in Isaiah Glass. Ben Bray had some pretty significant time last year with the amount of games that Ladarius Henderson missed and Joey Ramos will be back from an injury. Emmett Bully will be back as well. But like Aaron Frost, Lee Fontanu, Ben Coleman. Um, oh my God, who's the Oregon kid who transferred in? Uh, Bram Walden. There, there's a lot of new faces, new competition to the offensive line. There's no reason that this young man wouldn't be able to compete as well. Finally, of the guys that are coming in, Kyson Brown. Three-star running back, five foot ten, one ninety-five. There's going to be some good competition at the running back spot. 
they brought in two transfers via Cameron Scadabo from Sacramento State and to Carlos Brooks from Cal. Tevin White is back, a former four-star running back going into his sophomore year. They also have Deontay Elliott on the roster. They have Charles Hall on the roster. They will now have Kyson Brown come in as well to compete. Lots of competition, but I think it's a similar situation to uh, Israel Carter where there's not necessarily guaranteed playing time here right now. But again, he committed back at the end of October, has not decommitted. He's clearly all in on Arizona State, ready to come into the program, ready to compete, be able to put on and strut his stuff. Hopefully, we'll be able to make this a really good competition. Of those five guys, I think that my final thoughts here is they're coming in and they're going to be able to provide good competition for areas that are maybe a little bit of a concern. Quarterback, there's just uncertainty. Carter's good competition. Uh, Defensive line, lots of open opportunities. Great, great, great opportunity for Borda. Uh, Thunderbird, linebacker is brand new. Opportunity there. Uh, Shana, opportunity on the interior line. Kyson Brown, not so much at the running back, but maybe in the future because Scadabo and uh, DeCarlos Brooks may not return. They do have another year of eligibility, but there's there's always that chance that maybe they go pro. Who knows? Overall, I look at the recruiting class that we do have right now. I really like what I see. I really like the, the competition aspects that they're going to be bringing in. I'm happy that they decided to stay. And I would anticipate that all five of them end up signing letters of intent tomorrow. I wouldn't question that. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make sports betting fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. There's all sorts of great prop bets that are going to be coming up for the Super Bowl, so be sure to check it out. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid for your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On is headed to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from hosts that covered the NFL's next great generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. All right. Let's take a look at some of the biggest guys who have yet to commit. They're the, the biggest domino. The absolute biggest domino right now is Deuce Robinson, local kid at, oh my goodness, where I need to find him, at Pinnacle. Uh, he is a massive man at six foot six, 225 pounds, tight end, does have an offer from Arizona State. He's got an offer from a lot of teams right now. The, the assumption is he is going to end up going to Georgia. Who could blame him? Georgia is a tight end factory right now. They've got uh, Washington, who's going to be entering the draft this year. They've got Brock Bowers, who is probably the best tight end in college football right now, who's going to be going into his true junior year. Deuce Robinson will come in. 
have an opportunity to play immediately because Georgia values their two tight end sets. Clearly, they have two guys who are looking like first-round picks. Deuce Robinson will be able to go in and compete. Robinson is also going to be going to a team that is back-to-back national champions. Probably has their eyes set on three-peating. That's a really good opportunity for him to be able to go to a team where he knows he can contribute immediately and where he knows he'll have an opportunity to compete for national titles. The spotlight will be on him. Everyone is going to know who Deuce Robinson is because not only the recruiting ranking, obviously, as a five-star and the number one prospect in Arizona, but more importantly, he's playing in the SEC. SEC is the life of college football, right, wrong, or indifferent. Deuce Robinson is going to be on nationally televised games consistently. That's going to put him out there for teams to watch him all the time. He does have another offer as well from USC. And I know that by the sounds of things, those are the two schools that's going to come down to is Georgia and USC. If I'm him, I personally am going to Georgia. Obviously with USC, there's a lot of enticing factors there as well. First of all, Caleb Williams is better than anything that Georgia has a quarterback right now, because unfortunately the 70 year old Stetson Bennett will not be returning for his 12th year of college at Georgia. That's obviously a joke. Being able to play at USC would give him the opportunity to play with the reigning Heisman winner at quarterback. It would give him the opportunity to play with one of the best offensive minds across the football landscape, pro college and otherwise in Lincoln Riley. It would give him an opportunity to potentially be the number one option in that offense. I know that they've got the kid from U of A that transferred there. I know they've got some other younger guys on the roster as well at the wide receiver spot, but tight end will be, would be wide open. And that would be an opportunity for Deuce Robinson to step in. When we talk about Arizona state, there is some competition at the tight end spot with Messiah Swenson and Jalen Conyers. That being said, there's no reason Deuce Robinson wouldn't be able to come in and contribute. I anticipate the tight end position is going to be heavily involved in 2023 naturally you would want to get a five star out there as well so yeah it does make sense to go to arizona state plus there's that whole factor of being the hometown kid who stayed with the hometown school and was able to build a reputation build a legacy at arizona state but it's really hard to pass up going to georgia going to usc for what it's worth he's got he's got offers from everyone alabama texas oregon all of them but if I'm him, I personally am looking at Georgia, and I don't blame him otherwise. One of the other dominoes that we've been talking about for a little while is Jacoby Lane, four-star wide receiver who also is playing in the Valley. There was an interesting factor where he did not sign his letter of intent back in December for the USC Trojans. There was conversations that maybe he was going to decommit. He has not decommitted. I don't see any reason why he would. I don't see any reason why he's not going to end up signing with the team. All in all, it would have been really awesome for him to stay in state at Arizona State. I don't think it's going to happen. Again, there's a lot of opportunity at USC to be playing with a reigning Heisman quarterback and to be playing with the brilliant offensive mind that Lincoln Riley is. There's way too many factors there. There's also the fact that the receivers that are on that roster are on the older side in terms of their eligibility and Jacoby Lane would be able to step in to an offense that could get him incorporated in year one, but then year two and year three could be the face of that offense. 
USC has also low-key been a very, very strong like wide receiver factory. In the last 10 years, they've put in guys to the NFL. Juju Smith-Schuster, Robert Woods. Um, Marquise Lee had a little bit of a stint. Uh, Drake London was just a top 10 pick for the team. Amon Ross St. Brown. They have been putting in a lot of receivers. That's attractive for a young guy like that who is absolutely looking to get to the NFL one day. So for Jacoby Lane, yeah, makes a lot of sense that he's going to end up with the team. I don't see why he wouldn't. There are a few other players who have yet to commit, but probably won't be coming to Arizona State. I know that uh, defensive lineman uh, uh, Nicholas Harbor has an offer from Arizona State. Seems all but certain that he's going to end up at South Carolina, though. There's, for, for the most part, everyone has pretty much signed by now. That is a five star or a very, very high four star. But there is one more large domino that Arizona State does have an opportunity to land that we're going to talk about in just one moment. Before we get that far, though, thank you guys for checking out the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, your first listen of the day. Make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the college basketball landscape. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you're getting your podcasts. There is one big domino that has yet to fall. Jaden Rashada. Quarterback. Very, very high star or very, very high four-star for 24-7 sports. I believe Rivals has him as a five-star, depending on where you look. Pittsburgh, California, was originally going to Florida before decommitting. There are some very interesting things that are going into this situation. The majority of them are NIL-driven. So when looking at Jaden Rashada, it feels like it's going to be a bidding war. Funny enough, Crystal Ball projects that he's going to Miami. I do not think that's true. I think that it's likely going to come down to two schools. It's going to come down to Arizona State, and it's going to come down to TCU. There's dots to connect with Arizona State. His dad, Harlan Rashada, played for the team in the 90s. So there's already a legacy factor there, is that he would be able to start generations of Rashadas that play to Arizona State. There's also the opportunity to compete at the quarterback spot. Yes, we have Drew Pine. Yes, we have Trenton Borgay. Yes, we have Jacob Conover. Yes, we likely have Israel Carter. You're not going to have Jaden Rashada walk onto this campus and not immediately compete for starting time. That's not going to happen. You have Kenny Dillingham. You have a young offensive-minded head coach who is potentially another guru in the making. We'll wait and see. I'm not going to go that far yet, even though I would love to. He had a great connection with Dante Moore, a five-star quarterback who did commit to UCLA. There are plenty of factors here for Rashada to come. The team also has, or not so much the team, but there is a new NIL collective for Arizona State that would potentially allow them to be able to move forward with this. So we'll see. All in all, though, this is not guaranteed whatsoever for Jaden Rashada to go to Arizona State. Because you look at TCU. You look at Sonny Dykes, who 
is another offensive minded head coach. He was able to help Jared Goff be the number one pick out of Cal a few years back. Also, in case you've been sleeping under a rock, TCU just went to the national title game and they did it with Max Duggan at quarterback who played out of his mind, but we can all admit that Duggan is definitely not this generational transcendent quarterback. Jaden Rashada would walk on the TCU, be the day one starter unquestionably. Unlike Arizona State, there is not a lot of competition at TCU that Rashada would have to face. The biggest factor here for Jaden Rashada is all of the NIL incentives that are going to be coming into play here. There's a lot of, of money that's on the table for Rashada to make. That is from our understanding, the biggest reason that he had decommitted from Florida was broken false promises that were made to him and no opportunity to make a lot of money. Rashada is definitely looking for a payout. And whether you agree with it or not is irrelevant because I understand that there's people who are going to be completely turned off by the fact that an 18-year-old wants to be making money in a physical and a sport that breaks down your body. There's going to be people who are disgusted by that borderline is what it is, guys. You look at what the Sun Devils can offer and what TCU can offer. That's what it's going to come down to. It's almost a bidding war. It almost feels like free agency. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That is likely what it's going to come down to. The question is, is Arizona State willing to ship out the money for an 18-year-old with their first year of like an actual legitimate NIL. I don't know. There's also the factor that TCU is farther along right now than Arizona State. They were just in the national title game. They've still got a very talented roster at hand. There's all sorts of factors here for Rashada. You want me to make a bold prediction? I will. I think he goes to TCU. But... That's not the end of the world. There is a four-star quarterback named Elijah Brown that the team got or gave an offer to yesterday, Monday, January 30th. There's a chance that Arizona State might be rolling with what they have for 2023 and then moving forward and looking at guys in 2024. The kid, uh, Dylan Rayola, or I think Dominic was his dad. I think Dylan is the kid. Yeah, Dylan Dylan Rayola, five-star uh, quarterback, heading into the 2024 class, is completely on the table right now for Arizona State to go and get. Number one quarterback in Arizona, number one quarterback in the nation, number one prospect in the nation. Arizona State could be playing for Rayola. They could be playing for Elijah Brown. They could 100% be looking at their future instead of trying to get everything in one in one time, in one space, immediately. It's a process. This is a rebuild. This is not Arizona State's going to instantly be national title contenders. If they are, then holy cow. Like, that would be insane. They're going to be playing to get back on track. So, yes, it would suck that you didn't get Dante Moore this year. It would suck you didn't get Jaden Rashada this year. But it's not the end of the world. It's a game of chess. 
it's it, it's a marathon, not a race. It's going to take time for Arizona State to get back on track, for Arizona State to get the recruiting back up, maybe the heights we've never seen. So keep the peace, keep the positivity, and be ready. Updates for you guys. Tomorrow I'm going to be going live on YouTube at some point in the day, probably either the early afternoon or in the evening. I'm thinking it's probably going to be closer to the evening. And I will be sure to tweet you guys out updates. The point is for us to be able to talk about National Signing Day, but obviously we'll talk all sorts of good stuff. I'm also going to be talking about Arizona State's recruiting class tomorrow for the Locked On Network as a whole. Be sure to look out for that. Be sure to look out for all the content that we post. And wherever you're getting your your podcast, hit like and subscribe. Turn on notifications. And know whenever we post new content. My name has been Richie Bradshaw. Until next time, keep it locked right here on Locked On Sunday.